as uh, I said, this is about um, educating on what's, you know, how the inner workings of real estate works and pulling back that curtain and an integral part of the real estate business. Um, I'd probably say for the last 10 years, maybe even less, mm-hmm. is staging. So Katie Walker's of Katie Walker Interior. I just know you as Katie Walker. So how (laughs) how would people know you? What is your official? Is Katie Walker's Interior? Katie Walker Interiors. Okay. That's us. Um, And you have recently launched uh, an interior design arm of your business Yeah, interior design and virtual staging. We're working on a few things. Okay. Exciting. We'll have you back to talk about it for sure. Yes. I love that. My last guest also was working on something else. So to be continued. Yes, exactly. Um, So I have... um, I've worked with a lot of stagers um, over my time in this business, and Katie has um, been someone that I've exclusively used for the last few years for many reasons, Um, primarily her, obviously, her work, um, my clients loving her work, um, success in sale, and... um, as well as just her dedication and professionalism. So I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So um, I would love to hear your backstory because as we were just discussing before, I actually don't even know how you got into the business. And I think that everybody has a great story. So Mm -hmm. before we talk about like your team and all that stuff, like where did you start out and and when did you start this? It's kind of um, a long story, I guess. So I, I always came at this from an entrepreneur entrepreneurial standpoint. I had some businesses in my early 20s. Then when I had my daughter, I kind of decided to shift gears, switch businesses, readjust, figure out what I really wanted to do. And that ended up being like a mix between real estate and design. I loved both of those things, but really like the barrier of entry of either of those career paths was kind of tricky or long, you know, I was a little impatient. Um, So I thought there was a hole in the market for staging at the time, I want to say seven years ago, six years ago, um, was really when I started. So it started with that. Okay. And what did you do in your 20s? Like where did... So I actually ran a gourmet popsicle company, randomly enough. Okay. Yes. So I did that. What was it called? uh, Phillips Ice Pops. And we sold at Whole Foods, did events with like a little bike. Okay. Like Happy Pops kind of? Kind of. Yeah. They were our competition. Yeah. They started a little after us. So that was a while ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of primed me for, like, the business side of this. Right. And then, yeah, staging came into play there. I think that's actually really interesting because I think it's similar to, like, when you see hear about, like, restaurants always going out of business or, you know, I think there's a business acumen that you need for anything. So, and that's not to disparage, but even, like, you know, agents that get into this business thinking it's easy money, but their background is, and I've used this analogy only because I had a an Uber driver who once told me he was trying to get into real estate and he barely could carry on a conversation with me and he worked in IT, you know, that there is that element of having a a business background in whatever you get into if you're going to start a a venture. I always say it's 10% design and the rest is business, (laughs) which is crazy to think because that is the product, the staging. But everything is based on the numbers, on the margins, on doing things in a strategic way. Yeah, or you're working for free because it is so easy in the staging world to work for free for sure if you're not uh, charging enough. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that as well because I think that that's probably the biggest misconception is how expensive staging is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll break it down. Um, okay, so you started six years ago. Yeah, about six years ago. And I started really from the ground up. I had no investors, no help. Um, I was working a nine to five job working in design sales. Oh, okay. And I was doing that Monday to Friday. And then on my lunch breaks, I would cold call clients. I came up with a portfolio, just like staging my brother's apartment, my mom's yeah. house. And so smart. Really tried to get into things by like, Buying things from CB2, them returning them, like really. Had, oh my god, like, the old days. No money. By the way, I did that very early <laughs> on when, like, I also was just starting out, and I would like go to Home Sense and buy everything, and then like tuck the tags I mean, in. You do what you gotta do. Yeah. And that was really like a very slow growth for that reason. Like I'm, you know, six years into this, and I like just got our warehouse a year ago. So it really was Which an organic so growth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really, really a matter of just building like step by step. Yeah. Um. And and, you know, on the weekends, doing those few stagings that clients actually said yes, that I could stage their house um, and just going from there. And honestly, during the pandemic, like the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. when a lot of stagers wouldn't work, a lot of stagers were saying no to jobs. So it was kind of like my end to be like the savior and and oh, be yeah. the stager that would stage. So I feel like that was like a bit of a, an in for me. Yes. And I will give you uh, the biggest compliment that I will have in the sense of like when I think about trades and people that um, I rely on to not only deliver to my clients, but also like make my life easier and, and make me look good is you never say no. Right. So like I would, you know, I had um, another um, uh, stager that I worked with, also very reputable that you know, and, you know, there was a lot of like, no, we won't do that. Or no, we don't go past, you know, the city line or, you know, so you have always been that person who's like, I'm just going to get her done. Yeah. Like, get like, it done. Always all- say yes. Never a problem. Yeah. You know, and, and I've walked you into some doozies. So. Yes. <laughs> but that's okay. Honestly, it's like working with an agent consistently. It's like I'm part of your team as much as I am all my other clients. So exactly. it's, it's like a team mentality, just getting it's it true. done. It's true. And your whole team as well. So now... I think it's interesting for people to understand, like, when you say warehouse, Mm -hmm. like, this is not, like, drive up, like, shop, like, this is massive. So how big is the new warehouse? It's about 10,000 square feet. So there's, like, a little office in it, but the rest is, like, an accessories area, which has, we were talking before, like, about 600 pillows and, you know, 40 sofas. It's a lot of stuff. Not all the stuff is in it at once. All of our inventory... I mean, right now it might be because it's like just going into the busier time, Um, but a lot of it is out and about moving around the city in stagings a lot of the time. Yes. Inventory control is massive in your job. So, um, so yeah, so I am curious, you know, you and I were talking about, so we've worked together um, and I'm sure there's, I know there's other agents that we have um, in common that we know that you work with on a regular basis. What would you say percentage wise are um, agents that pass along the cost of the staging to their clients versus actually pay for it themselves? I know you don't always know, but if yeah. you had to guess. I would honestly say 50-50. Um, okay. It's like I said, like you're saying, I don't fully know all of the time. Like sometimes yeah. there could be a deal after the property sells, maybe the client reimburses the agent or vice versa. So it's hard to say, but um, yeah, it's about half and half. Which is interesting to me because as we move into this, and I've I've found the market to be competitive probably for the last five years, even though everyone believed that like there's a million, there are a million realtors, but you know, as we know, 90% of it is done by 10% of it. And amongst us, it's always surprised me um, that, that, 
divide of, of people who go out to market and don't stage or don't, um, or ask their clients to. Mm -hmm. So, and I have met a lot of referrals that have been very surprised by it. Are you seeing that change? Like, have you seen that, that, like, that percentage change at all in the last five years? As far as who's paying for the staging? I mean, we're doing more staging than we've ever done in this year, last year. So we really... volume for sure. Yeah, volume, I would say, like in these markets, I feel like in the last three years at least, it feels consistent. We haven't picked up yet for the spring market. So who knows at that point? Like things are on market for longer. So staging maybe, you know, when people are renewing for that second month or third month, maybe the agent's less willing to put all of that money into it. So I I foresee there being different deals happening as far as ways to divide it fairly. But you, like five years ago, you didn't, you still saw a 50-50 divide or did you? I would say so. I mean, five years ago, we weren't doing as much as we're doing now. Fair enough. So, you know, we would be doing maybe like four stagings a month versus now like 20 during the busy times. So it's, it's a easier slope swath to see like in the last two years three years so it's hard to say but yeah it feels similar yeah I think it's a I think it is a misconception out there that you know and and I've spoken to like like north of 70 as an average um age for a home seller you know and as young as you know in their 30s and everyone understands that you need to stage your home and we all know you know you don't go to a job interview in your pajamas like that's how I think about it I'm like if I'm going my most important day on my job interview I have to make sure that to get picked that I have to be dressed and presented properly and we talked about that like you put I look at all of my listings as I am launching a brand whether it's a condo or a house or it doesn't matter I think it's very important that when I want to talk about like when you stage when you don't stage I have my own opinions but like um, you know, how people put their properties out. Let's not even get into the fact that some agents don't even do pictures. Right. Or iPhone photos even. I, I love, yes, the <laughs> iPhone photos. Those are my favorite. Yes. Dark uh, iPhone photos yeah. that like aren't cut properly. Anyway, um, and, and, but everyone seems to understand that you do need to stage and yet there's not an industry standard yet that it is on the agent to pay. Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting that it's still 50-50 and that 50% of people are selling. Yeah, I think, I mean, some of it. it too is like if the agent is taking a cut in commission or doing something, like you said, for that 1.5 or or whatnot, then right. I can see that there's some negotiation on their end for right. the seller paying. So I, sure. I've seen that. For sure. Everybody's got a different model, for sure. I just know, like, I remember I had... Um, a house two years ago that was a referral to me and they were still living in the house. There was like a tenant in the basement and their elderly parents were living there from Portugal, spoke no word of English and basically like in their 80s, like not moving fast, right? And she's like, okay, so when are you going to stage? And I'm like, we're not. All right. (laughs) Right? Like, you know, there are times that you just can't. So the interesting part for me for that one was... I had someone that I know who saw it posted on my Instagram and she reached out to me. She was a client and a friend. And she's like, oh, so you decided not to stage this one. And she noticed. noticed. Like people notice. And I'm like, yes. You're right. Shows you're right. But honestly, that's why I launched the virtual staging. Because in those situations, when you 
just can't stage for what reason, like whether it's budget or the client just can't move out of their house, virtually staging is at least an option to present the property. But it has to be empty though. No. We can digitally remove furniture. Oh, yeah, we do it all the time. See, I learned something new. I I have never, I have never done virtual staging. Yes. Um, interesting. Yeah, but I had a property. The wheels are turning now. Totally, it's it's like something as an option. Obviously, it's not as good as a physical staging where you can feel the bedding and actually like walk through a property. But it's the next best thing. But for sure, I mean, at the end of the day, someone's looking. They're pulled in by the pictures. That's by the way why I can't believe people don't do professional pictures. I actually think if Treb's listening, that they should. Actually make it mandatory. Mm-hmm. If you are an agent, you are not allowed to put something out without professional pictures. Yeah. Makes um, it makes so much sense. Um, no, I actually always thought virtual staging was because, um, well, for whatever reason, someone like it was vacant. And I mean, that is part of it as well. And I think a lot of the virtual stagers that I've come across don't do removals, but. Okay. Yeah, we do it. All right. And you, you just go. like anybody rebuild. listening? Yeah. Real estate agents <laughs> listening. Yeah. Um, Okay, so um, now if I had a four-bedroom, 2,500-square-foot home and I wanted – I'm not going to stage the basement, but I've got a family room above grade and open-concept living with a main floor office, what would you ballpark my and – it's, and it's empty. Empty. It's empty. Um, I guess it really depends, too, on size of each of those rooms. Because, you know, you could have a family room that needs two sofas. Ballpark. Ballpark, let's say, 8,000, I would say. Maybe even... It also depends on like where this property is because a lot of the fees that are on our bill are delivery, staging, like, you know, getting all of our team, all of our six people to that location. So it could yeah. really inflate the bill a little bit in it that It can. Way. And it's interesting because I also know from working with different um, companies that they – some hide that in the cost, mm. right, of the property. I've worked with someone who um, prices it per room. Um, but I, I, if you are working with a, um, a top-tier um, stager in the city, that is what you are paying. Like, that is – I would say – like, I was actually more in the 10 to 12 in my thought right. process. Because be by right. the time – I know – and I've done enough – we've done enough together mm-hmm. – um, and I would also say that I, you know, and you know me, like I'd, I'd rather do it and do it properly or not do it at all. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to do a partial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people don't realize, like I've had every single time and it hasn't been often, obviously in the last few years when things have been selling fast, but our last property, um, on Sunnycrest, I remember mm-hmm. having that conversation with clients cause we were, we sold in three weeks and two weeks they were panicked right. and talking about what are we going to do at the end of the month? And I said, don't worry, we've got a lot of time. Cause as you know, in this business every day, it can change. And when I told them how much it was going to cost, cause I do not pay past the first, I pay for staging as you know, mm-hmm. but I don't pay past the first month. I've never had a client who has been like, oh, okay. Oh, That's no. what I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Right. I really, I, they, I believe, even though people think staging, I don't think they realize how much it costs. I think I, I get that because I find when I'm hiring new stagers, they're also confused by 
the process. I walk them through the process and nobody knows how physically intense it is or labor intensive or how much work goes into the staging. Because you see the picture on Instagram and it looks like perfectly done and looks seamless or you walk into a staging and everything just is in its right place. So <laughs> it's seen, in the middle of it. I know. So I mean, yeah, you've seen when we're yeah. like mid-stage and it's a disaster. Um, it's, no, but I think that people don't realize how much goes into it. I so mean, much. devil is in the details. It's true. And, and you have to bring extra things right. and have so enough boxes space. and things don't always, and you think, I mean, you are very seamless. Like I've had, again, I've had other people come in. They're like, okay, well, we'll be here for the next hour doing, you know, measurements or whatever you walk in and you're like okay I'm just gonna do some pictures and thanks so much it was nice to meet you and you walk out and they're like I know did she get everything and I'm like she's got everything don't worry about it um I know I'm all about doing things yeah I just want to do things efficiently and quick because nobody like your clients don't want to sit there all day and watch me measure a wall No one wants to see Even us. with hanging no art, like, my team is always shocked by how I hang art. Like, I always have stagers and movers who help hang art um, measure, grab the measuring tape, grab the tape, like, start measuring walls. And I'm like, no, no, no. Give me the picture and we'll make a mark. Tell me if it's level. Like, there's so many easier ways to do things right. because, I mean, you have one day to stage it. So I try to do things as effectively and and quickly as possible yes. while still making it like quality. Yes, and it is always quality for sure. As we talked about, um, I have an aversion when I walk into a house and I feel like um, that's staged and I feel like I just walked into the middle of a home sense. Yeah. Like, And it's very obvious. So um, that's one of the reasons also that I've always liked working with you is that like you're not walking with a lot of chrome. Right. <laughs> There's oh. not a lot of pictures of horses, you know, which you always see. So, you know, where if you were going to give like one tidbit of like where do you find some of your best stuff? Yeah. Like well, where's your go-to sourcing? I would say it's probably not as exciting, but all of our wholesalers, um, everyone that we work with as far as like where we get our inventory, yeah. are direct to designer, direct to retailer. Oh. So we don't really go to a lot of retail locations. Okay. So like I don't really go to a home sense unless I'm like in a pinch and, right. you know, it's the height of the spring market and I have no neutral pillows or something like that. Right. Um, but we go to trade shows in Vegas, High Point, and I have about six or seven um, furniture suppliers and accessory suppliers that I can really hand pick things in that way. Okay. Um, but as far as like local artisans and things like that, we not so much. No, not as much. Interesting. Yeah. And not like the Etsy's of the world. No. Or, oh. Not as much because, I mean, it's such a wide range that you can get from a wholesaler um, and you can really fine tune. They're really doing all the the sourcing of local artisans and then you're picking from a wider range. Right. Um, They've done the work for you. uh, In a way, yes. Like our furniture a lot is, you know, the same places that Crate and Barrel shop from the same place that LT shops from. So right. instead of like going to an LT or Crate and wow. Barrel or like a home or whatever, any of those locations, we just go direct to the source. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it may, I've always thought about that because if I've ever um, like sourcing holiday gifts for clients or trying to find something really cool and different, I always go on there and I think of you guys because I think, oh my God, like I just, it's like the rabbit hole and you yeah. never get out of there. And how do you even pick from... You know, like you said, you have 600 pillows. Yes. How do you know you need more pillows? How do you know? We like, start running what? out and I just scramble and buy. But I honestly do a big purchase before each fall season, each okay. spring market. Um, and we do just like a big purchase. Okay. Or whenever I, like now that we have enough inventory and such a large 
um, range of inventory. I just kind of add what I like and find those special pieces and add in a more small, like, you know, 10 pieces of art every season um, as we grow. But now we're rolling out a rental um, part to our business called Rent Express. And so I foresee me having to buy a lot more inventory. Wow. So you want people to rent from you? Mm -hmm. Like smaller stagers. Okay. Or agents who do want to cut their cost and manage most of the labor part themselves okay um it would be the same inventory that we have it's just really a way of making the cost a little lower okay um it's kind of our way to adapt to this market yeah so um which leads me to like a couple of questions one is how often do you find you have to replace inventory because again that same sofa like again you're you're dispersing it over, let's say, I don't know how many agents, you know, so it's not necessarily that they're seeing the same sofa in an agent. Like I'm not showing the same sofa over and over again, but, you know, after wear and tear and, and all of that stuff, how would you say, how long would you say most of your inventory lasts? It depends on the inventory. So if something's like a glass coffee table, that's not going to last as long as something that's iron. Um, But I would say we do a warehouse sale um, every year and, yeah, I, I feel like we've been growing so much that we're constantly updating and adding new items, right. and we haven't come into the the point where we're getting rid of a lot, um, but some things just break. They just have to be thrown yeah. out. Um, style-wise, I imagine, or yeah, chips style or... Wise, yeah, I try to keep it neutral um, for the most part mm-hmm. with certain pieces of furniture, but we style and stage so many different types of properties yeah. that nothing has become dated yet. Um, some items have been demoted to basements, but n- I never really got into the chrome of the world. Yeah, so no, no I you did not. I don't have that uh, in our inventory. Um, I, I think one of the perceptions also, and uh, at least the challenges I probably come across, is that um, I either have people who are like, oh my God, it looks amazing. Not because it was good or bad, but because it fit their tastes. Right. When they come in, they're like, I get it, mm-hmm. but where's the color? Right. So if you've ever seen, like, to me, a well-staged home is neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I kind of describe it is um, you almost have to dumb it down. Like, mm-hmm. any, you know, as we declutter, we depersonalize, we take pictures off the wall. We want to make sure that the staging also is very depersonalized, which mm-hmm. means there's no pops of red, pops of orange, pops of that type of thing. Yeah. Hence the, like you know, white color palette that we always want for the walls. Um, But, you know, do you find a ton, like, what's your approach then? Like, when you look at, you're always looking for that muted palette, do you ever get into a sense where there's color? Yeah, I mean, I I think each home is so different, Mm -hmm. and each demographic is so different. Certain agents want to project something different with their brand. Um, So I think it really depends on the situation. So say I'm doing a downtown condo, I'll probably do a little bit more trendy. You know, the scale of the furniture will be different. Say I'm doing a property in Lytton Park where they've lived there for 60 or, you know, 40 years. Um, That's also going to feel more transitional, but I'm going to work with probably some of their items. But I do add color here and there. It's just done uh, with a light hand. Um, I find... If you have some pops of color, it 
looks better in photos rather than yes. just all white then it's going to look very flat yes. so i like to create a lot of dimension in that way whether it's with textures colors and placement of furniture so process you said you know people don't really understand the process for you like mm -hmm. you come in you take two minutes but like really from beginning to end how long would you say it takes your team to really put together a plan for the staging so our team as far as like install day um I guess it starts before that with the walkthrough. So the plan starts with me picking the furniture. So I we have all of our furniture itemized on a digital inventory. So I pick everything, um, all the larger pieces of furniture, and right. then I pass that along to the team. Mm -hmm. And the stagers then pick some of the accessories with direction from me saying, okay, this room, this is the piece of art, grab pillows that coordinate with this, and then grab a few extras just as like a backup. Okay. Um, but everything really starts at 9 a.m., the morning of the staging. That morning you pick it? Well, I pick everything the night before, okay. the actual pieces, but they get to see the whole channel um, at 9 a.m. Oh my God. And then when do you load everything? You don't load right. the night before? No, not the oh. night before because then we'll have a staging the day before. Like we do a staging every week or every day during the week. Right, right, right. Um, so there's really no time to do that. So we oh, have wow. to just move quickly. Oh my gosh. And so it's 9 a.m. basically, I would say till 10.30. Everyone is packing, loading the truck. We get to the staging around 11. Then I usually meet the team at the staging. Okay. And then I just direct where everything's going and we go And you from make there. sure it all looks amazing. Make I know. Sure it make, looks you sign bad. off on everything, even if it's virtual yes. and they're FaceTiming you for sure. Exactly, yes. Um, so I am curious because as we move into a market where, you know, we're not holding back offers anymore. I mean, I do believe that spring market will be strong this year. I think that everyone has realized that the interest rates are here to stay and this is the new normal and life moves on. And if you want to be a homeowner, you're just maybe have to shift expectations. But the reality is, is that you're still going to buy and sell in this market. Right. And it's not a bad market. Um, and but before when, you know, I would call you and go, OK, great. So I have this, you know, this is when we're this is when we need to stage and this is the offer date. And then we're and then you would destage and it was this perfectly curated dance that yeah. we had. Right. Yeah. And now we stage, we price properly. And then as like I say with my three Ps, like presentation, pricing, and then patience, mm -hmm. that patience is longer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're now destaging before we actually sell, right? So we're going to utilize the pictures. But do you see staging changing in any way, knowing that maybe average days on market creeping over 30 days? Yeah. You know, do you see that ability to, for people to... Um, yeah, I don't know. Does it mean like maybe longer contracts? Does it mean? Yeah, I think yeah. definitely the days on market is something in the back of agents' minds, homeowners' minds, because right. that just makes the cost of the staging, the renewal go up. Right. Um, but what we've done is tried to adapt with that because we can't really offer the stagings for too much longer because we have a dance with our inventory right. and we'd be out of inventory if right. we let everything go for the for same months. amount. Yeah, yeah, for months and at the same price. Like there's a bit of an equilibrium there. Totally. Um, so what we've done is done the rental uh, okay. business, which is launching this week, okay. Rent Express and the virtual. Um, so we have those options for somebody who maybe is just wanting the staging for the MLS or, right. you know, rather than staging for a whole month and then destaging, knowing that that's going to be the reality, right. um, having the photos either way, um, hmm. or there's, you know, going to be the extra cost of renewals, but. Yeah, which, um, 
which I think, uh, do you find a lot of people do it? The virtual. No, the renewal. Um, I'm yeah, curious. I mean, it's really only been the fall market since these prices have, Changed. or the interest yeah. rates have been up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do find that there are renewals, but it's like, I don't want to see something renew. Like, I always feel bad when things go into renewal. I know, But Because it's know. like not a cost that anyone wants to pay, and it's yeah. just not good for anybody. So. No, I'm just, I, so to me, it's interesting, and I, I say this to clients, and, and I have proven, like, that it's true, is, um, even if you staged before and it didn't sell, so I've had I've had properties that you know a client wanted a certain amount of money. So of my peas, I do not believe we're priced properly, but we priced where the client wanted to be. And this was whether it was a test in the market or whatever it is, I'm, you know, willing to put it in the time and the staging as part of that plan between my clients and I. Um, but when it gets destaged, I still sell. Mm-hmm. Right, because at the With end of the day, the those pictures and the photos and the aspirational view of it is still there, mm-hmm. um, even if you have destaged. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are exceptions yeah. depending on what it looks like afterwards. And it's, maybe you've had that client walk through in the open house, so someone maybe has already felt the place right, right. with the staging. So. Right. At least there's that. Totally. So <laughs> what would you say is the toughest part? Like, would you say it's like timelines? Would you right say Right now in, in this coming market? No, just in general. Um, I would say the logistics would be the hardest part, making sure we execute everything on time perfectly, making sure the team is up to date, like making sure our employees are happy and everybody's being efficient and effective. Right. I would say that's tricky, but it's always something different. In the height of the spring market, it might be inventory, balancing the inventory, balancing, making sure that have the right pieces for the right places and you know if you are set up for the week because of lead times and whatnot you you know need to pre-plan a lot right um so there's a lot of hard things but I feel like we've come across a lot of the challenges and have a lot of things that we've put in place to be able to to solve for that for sure when you have a team and you want to make sure that they present you properly right because it's your name Um, and I would also say like, that would be the biggest mistake. I think that people don't realize the skill that goes into it. Like I've walked into homes where like it has been staged, Mm -hmm. it is staged. And yet the couch is enormous for a living room. Like the scale is not there. They have not shown the utility. Like we use that word a utility together all the time. Like we really need to show that space, like the utility of that space. Like, you know, if there's a corner or a dead space or a nook, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think you stage that, um, property in the east end for me and there was like this thing under the stairs and you put like a kid's corner you know what I mean or you know I think that um that those are the details that make the difference as well for sure that I think people don't realize and just assume just happens by magic I think the the big difference between when we started our or when I started the business to now and having our warehouse is having that adaptability and the amount of furniture that we have and we don't rent anything yeah so having that fluidity in our furniture and the scale, and we can really make sure everything is just perfect yeah. because the sheer amount of items that we have, yeah. um, it just really helps between the beginning and now. It's it's the biggest turning point. Okay. So what would you say is going to be the biggest trend in 2023? Like, do you see any changes as you go in and buy and purchase and people are thinking like- Trend for styling? Up, yeah, for styling. People are like, you know, they're thinking they want to refresh their living room or- what are you looking to showcase this year? Uh, well, as far as like color, mm-hmm. I'm seeing like where I'm loving a lot of like browns and neutral and calming tones. Okay. Um, primitive art I'm seeing a lot of. But when there's 
design and then there's staging. I find there's like so, so much difference so to different. what is on trend because I'm not necessarily going to bring all this primitive art into a staging because it might be more polarizing yeah. or less mass appeal, but I can add little sprinkles of it here and there. So it's a, a little bit I agree, I but I know that I've had several clients who've just loved what you've done so much with their properties. They're like, would she do my new place, you know? Oh, yes. And so, you know, they love it because it is on par with what, like it, it really is on point with the style that's going on in, oh, in, so in trend. Yeah. So, you know, when you go out, I know you've been using neutrals and, but, you know, is it, you know, style of furniture? Is it like, are you still seeing a lot of black iron? Are you moving away from it? Is it lighter? Is it? I mean, there's still black, but I definitely feel like those like really matte black finishes are on the end of the curve. Yeah, they're moving out. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, still those unlacquer brass, brass, right. just regular brass is also still beautiful and I okay. still love working with that. Okay. Um, I'm seeing more like white as like white metal as a trend that's coming, like white oh. faucets, white oh, handles, and it's so cool. I love it, but it is very much on the beginning of the right, trend. Right, right. So black and gold is on its way out. Well, gold, I think, is still, still there. Here. Yeah. Like, especially, like, unlacquered brass, where yeah. it has that patina on it. Yeah. But harsh black, I feel like, is maybe not as... That white and black look is a little bit... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe for, like, a teen room, but not for, like, a main living room, I would say. In my opinion. I'm sure people still love it, but... Okay. So um, before I let you go, you've been doing this for six years. If you had a looking glass and it was five years from now, right. where would you say staging will be in Toronto? I think it'll be on the up and up. I think it's it's not going anywhere. I think if anything, it's just going to be coming more necessary. And right. um, I think it definitely has a place in the future whether that's virtual, whether that's physical staging, right. I think both of those things will be here to stay. You think everybody, you think it's going to become more of a necessity just because the pricing is, you know, well, pricing demands it. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, yeah, how I think, do you sell? And I think with Instagram and social media that it is just one of those things that people visually need to be caught by a property before they take the time to walk through it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you very much, Katie. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm sure we'll Appreciate see each it. other soon. Yes, I'm sure. Um, and thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. And if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how do they reach you? I would say Instagram is the best spot. It's at katiewalkerinteriors.com. Amazing. at Katie Walker Interiors. Well, if you want an amazing stager, I would say you're the best of the best. So anybody out there, or of course, you do have an interior design arm. Um, and I know you work in several different ways, where there's just sourcing or doing storyboards or the whole project. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, thank you. Okay, thanks and, for having me. And uh, that's it.